Betting Preview Podcast from Pregame.com. Pregame.com. Broadcasting straight from the Las Vegas Strip. Vegas, baby. With your host, R.J. Bell. I saw him on ESPN. Can I call Marco Daddy? VR seems wild. UNLV at Colorado State, Saturday college basketball. Marco, you must love this game because it's not a marquee one. Who do you like and why? I like UNLV. We've got line value and we've got revenge, and we're going to talk about it in this game. For UNLV, last Saturday, big game here in the city. I was at the game, got, uh, got to watch UNLV for the first time firsthand this year. The Thomas and Mac was rocking Saturday night. That is the biggest game they've had here in a long time for you know, a story, you know, storied program like UNLV has. UNLV played number six ranked San Diego State. We've talked many times on the videos about situational handicapping, about how teams react from big games and so forth. UNLV trailed by a dozen points in that game, came back, had the lead late and the ball, and ended up missing their final seven shots of the game to end up losing to San Diego State. So as we've talked about, that was such a big game, and they let it slip away that they were going to be flat in their next game. And their next game was last Tuesday night. They played Air Force at home, big double-digit favorite, won 49-42 in a low-scoring game, but they got the win. All right, so do me a favor. So this is sometimes in your delivery on this, we, it, it becomes problematic because you get into the minutiae before you define the topic. So you're ta- I'm sorry, you're talking about a lot of things. What is going to be the ultimate point of what you're the saying? The ultimate point here is that UNLV has won five of their last seven games, but they're not looking impressive in the public's eyes, especially off of the last game. All right, so you think the, the UNLV is <clears throat> underrated right now. And one of the reasons you think so is the San Diego State game had a hangover effect, which caused them to not look good in the next game. And even so, if you just look at the most recent game, which is usually what the public considers the most, they didn't look great. And then if you look at them over the last three weeks, they haven't looked great. And you're saying that's deceiving. It's deceiving. They're winning, but they're not covering. But this is a team that because of the name UNLV has a little bit of a mystique to it in that conference. Uh, But they're not covering. And you talk about it over and over again that the public just reacts to what happens to them financially. And people that have been backing UNLV the last couple weeks, they've been losing money. Now they go out on the road to play Colorado State, a team that came into UNLV. All right, so let's talk about the big picture Again, we want to lead with the lead. What is the lead on Colorado State? The lead on Colorado State is this is a team that's going to get more value than they should be getting because of the first meeting. All right, so you think they're overrated because, specifically because of their first meeting with UNLV? They went in as a 13-point underdog and beat UNLV at the Thomas and Mack Center. Okay, so that's an impressive result. Is there anything about it that was deceiving? Nothing deceiving about it other than the fact that UNLV was going through a stretch where they just weren't playing good ball. One of the keys to UNLV is their outside shot, and that is what stopped them against San Diego State. San Diego State plays tremendous defense, and Air Force is a type of team that can frustrate an outside shooting team because Air Force slows the tempo the tempo to a crawl. All right, so the Air Force is who UNLV played in the last game. Exactly. 
Colorado State is not that type of defensive team. They like to play more up-tempo game. Okay, so let's let's go one item at a time here. You, you got a ton of good information. I just am trying to make it consumable for the the viewer out there. So what I'm hearing you say is on the Colorado State side is yeah they had a nice win against UNLV, but typically the public there's no reason to think that win was misrepresentative of what happened. They won the game, great, no excuses. But people overreact to that. They see 13.5-point underdog. They see win. So even though it's an accurate result, they overreact to that result. So that's given a little bit of premium on Colorado State. UNLV, you've explained why there's a slight uh, undervaluation, which combined is potentially going to get to the point where it's good enough to bet this game. Now, you were then talking X's and O's, which is another point. And it sounds like you're saying UNLV, a three-point shooting team, has trouble against teams that defend that well. You don't think Colorado State does? I do not. And I think that... Is there any numbers behind that? Or? Uh, looking at the shooting percentages, whenever I talk about defenses, I look at what the teams hold their opponents to shooting-wise. And in comparison to, like, San Diego State, San Diego State had, it was like seven out of their last eight opponents, they held to under 40% shooting. Seven of the last eight opponents for Colorado State have all been over 40% shooting, and a few of them shot 50% for the game. Now, is that, and I've never heard this before, and I'm not saying it's not an accurate approach, you're saying that you correlate three-point defense to shooting percentage? Well, just shooting percentage in general. A team that likes to shoot a lot of shots, they're going to, you know, UNLV is a transition team. They like to play transition and they like to put the ball up. So you're going to be putting up more shots per game, and they're not afraid to take the three-point shot. And so you put all of that in, and if you're taking more shots against a team that doesn't play as good a defense shooting-wise, they're going to be knocking them down. It's just mathematics. Well, shooting defense or shooting percentage, your opponent's shooting percentage might be the best way to say that, is going to apply to in the inside game. and in it. So there might be a team that has three really good uh, down-low players and, and not good guards. They're susceptible to three-point shots, mm -hmm. but not susceptible to an inside game. Um, so that's going to be something interesting. Maybe in the next week or two, if you can find a situation where you can say, okay, here's a situation where statistically I'm looking more towards the three-pointers, uh, or, ver or more towards the inside game. I think that's the next level of the stat stuff, which is interesting. But, okay, go ahead. Which, you know, talking about that, and it's key, and it was all the talk after the game, UNLV, when they came back from 12 down on Saturday, they came back with their inside game. But yet, as soon as they got the lead, they went back to firing the threes again, which is what has hurt this team down the stretch. So let me about that game specifically, and this is may I held this question for about six minutes. How were the concessions at the game? <laughs> actually, rather cheap. I was actually surprised. <laughs> I thought you'd have some. Well, you know, it did. I mean, I, I sent the wife down, which, by the way, that was my Valentine's Day surprise gift. Was she? Was bought, that her getting nachos? Uh, no, her buying me tickets, getting tickets to the sold-out UNLV San Diego State game. But when I sent her for, you know, supplies, you know, while I was watching the game, you know, I made her be the runner, and she came back. I actually got a lot of change. I said, what happened? Because I'm used to, you know, at Pittsburgh, you know, you go to a Steeler game, you know, you got to give up an arm and a leg for, you know, a beer and so a popcorn. So what did you get? Hot dog? The usual pop, you know, popcorn, pretzel, drink, you know. You know That's it? No, no, no hot food? No, no, not at a stadium. All right. So any other thoughts? 
I like UNLV. This is now again we're we're doing this before we have the lines out. And when you have lines in this territory, it it can be a little bit of a variance. I actually think the Colorado State's going to come out a one point favorite in this game. All right, so let's let's talk about this specifically then. Your projected bookie line, not your number. Right. The bookie projection is Colorado State as a small favorite. Right. Where where now what is the range? I know you don't like to necessarily <coughs> Put your own number on it. What is the range of numbers that you play that UNLV? Still play, I'll still play UNLV up to minus two and a half in this game. I, I like UNLV in this game. All right. So if you can get UNLV at two and a half, or minus two and a half, minus two or and a half, or, or or less, right, all the way to the plus, you find value. I find value. All right. Awesome. Any closing thoughts? Nope. Uh, my projected score: seventy-four sixty-six. Seventy-four sixty-six. All right, it's your turn to continue the conversation. Well, blessing. blessing. But, oh, that's true. Now, how? Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. What's yeah. my record when uh, when I agree with you? Well, you know what? Your record when you agree with me. I'm is, sorry. I just asked you a question. Please give me an answer. You, well, you went. Uh, I think you went three and zero last week with your blessings. Three and zero. Yeah. Okay. But now the key point is you went three and zero with blessing my pick. Exactly. So now, that I'm would mean. Let's get. Let's get so to that the point. Mean, that are you mean, under, Are you undefeated? Since I started blasting picks? Well, I know I was undefeated you, on Tuesday's show. Are you <laughs> just trying to answer the question? Are you undefeated since I started blasting picks? Oh my God, yes. All right. No, are you undefeated? Um, Tuesday I was 4 0. So? You know, I'll make us re record this whole video if you want to answer the <laughs> question. Are you undefeated since I started blasting picks? Yes, sir. You're not. No. You're not undefeated. Uh, I'm not undefeated. Oh, from last week. Yeah, exactly. You Are you undefeated week. from last week? No. Am I undefeated when I bless your picks? Wow. So I'm not going to bless this one. Wow. In fact, for the first time, I'm going the other way on we, this one. We way. bringing out a $500 bet? Um, because I'm free rolling. I, I got about three or four yeah. that I can lose. All right. Let's do it. Nickel on this. Well, I, nickel with the opening number. Whatever the opening number can be. Nickel out. at the opening number. Okay. And I'm still undefeated, by the way, when I'm blessing your face. You know, I just I want to ask the viewers out there, do you guys believe that this guy has the best job in all of broadcasting to come in and sit and just listen to me do all the work and say, yeah, that sounds good. Thumbs up, guys. Well, in a way, that replicates, <laughs> that replicates what the followers have to do. They buy your picks or they get your free ones, and they decide, does this make sense to me? And i got to tell you, this UNLV team, I, to me, is the perfect example of a team that had a cupcake schedule early. So all of a sudden, they were 14-1 and one or whatever. And now, if you look at them from the time they started really playing... They've played, in my mind, poorly or you know, not as well as expected. So you look at this, the, the actual uh, yearly record, and it feels good, except it really is deceiving. So a big negative there. No blessing and $500 coming Marco's way. All right, Marco's got one more Saturday game and a Sunday game coming up. Be right back. For the best deals from trusted sportsbooks, visit pregameaction.com. Hall at Marquette. This is Marco's best bet of the week, and he's been killing it. So, Marco, who do you like and why? Well, I like Marquette in this game, and this is a game combination. We're going to go against Mark or go against Seton Hall and take Marquette. Seton Hall right now overrated, and I'll explain why. Seton Hall last uh, they've got two close losses by two points to Connecticut three games ago, 
and their last game by three points to Villanova. People are looking at this Seton Hall team. They're going to see them getting this big number from Marquette and say, live dog, Marquette's not winning right now. They're playing bad. Everybody's going to want Seton Hall. All right, so let me, let me ask you a question. Typically in handicapping, when a team plays close but they still get the W, that tends to make them underrated because what happens is a lot of people are no-nonsense. They lost. They lost. Now, yeah, if you're a 17-point dog and you lose by two, you do gain some value in people's mind. But in this case, how big of a dog were they? They were small dogs. They covered the one, pushed the other one. Okay. So they, they played right around what the expectations were. All right, so how, how does losing two games and going 1-0-1 ATS and that one win not being decisive make it where they're all of a sudden overrated? Because of the one who they're playing, Connecticut and Villanova. Are, but isn't that accounted for in the line? It's accounted for in the line, but... Also, it's a combination of my public perception that people are down on Marquette. All right, so, all right, which is another, the, the other side of this coin, and, and you may, I'm ready to hear it. But on the Seton Hall side, I'm not hearing, on that part, I'm not hearing, and again, you know you need my blessing. You don't need it, <laughs> oh, no, but yeah, it's <laughs> the listeners and the viewers oh, care. Oh, they, okay. I mean, that's obvious. I, I know that's why they're tuning in. <laughs> uh, that's an interesting point. But... But I guess I'm just not seeing how Seton Hall is overrated. Seton Hall, to me, I look at teams like Seton Hall, and when they have good games against some of these bigger schools, a lot of times these teams like Connecticut and Villanova are looking past them. And that's why they don't get such a great effort. And it makes the inferior team, Seton Hall, look better than they are if their opponents are looking past them. So you're saying the results... Whatever they are, are slightly deceiving because of that big school look past factor. Okay. Now, with Marquette, you're not going to get any look so at So what's the lead here? The lead here is Marquette is a team that in the public's eye is totally underachieving. They lost three in a row to the spread. Re- they returned home uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, whatever night this week they played earlier in the week, off of the three-game road trip. The public rushed to take Marquette in that game. And this is one of my angles that I like to do. I don't like taking a team coming back home off the road trip. Checking the mail. the whole. Now, in college, it's a little different because they're coming back between every game. Right. But it's still it's a situation. A, fatigue, a combined fatigue factor. But it's also a public perception that in the public's eye, they always expect the team when they return home to play better. You were just on the road. You lost. You're coming back home. They so the first game back, back from extended time on the road is usually an overvaluation of the home, field, home court advantage. Vegas pumps the line, public buys into it, they got burnt. Marquette lost. Now, now back to one of our main premises, which is the, that all wins and losses, ATS, are not created equal. The bigger you bet, the more uh, lopsided the public's action is on the game, the bigger the public's action, the more effect that win or loss has. So you're saying Marquette got bet fairly heavy for Marquette, so the reaction to the ATS loss is even more extreme. Now you factor in game two of the home trip. I've always found over the years, and again, I don't have a number to back this for you. This is something that's, you know, in the steel trap of my mind. But over the years, teams will perform better in that second game at home when they obviously coming off the loss in the first game. So I, you're going to get max effort from Marquette. You're getting line value on the Marquette side. And this is a Saturday night game in Marquette. It's a late game. It's a 9 p.m. game at Marquette. So it's a little bit, you know, extraordinary, you know, out of the norm. 
you got a little drunker, probably the crowd. The, the crowd, all of that adding up. I'm going for big play here. I like Marquette. I like him to roll by 12 in this game. I'm projecting Marquette 78 to 66. So the line's out on this. It's eight. It, that felt that you estimate seven and a half. Seven and a half is what I you're right be. on. I I gotta say I like I lo- especially like what you're saying about three road games. The second, the third, there's extra fatigue, so they're underperforming. They come home, overreaction uh, to the fact they're finally home. Bad heavy, a lot of people disappointed. Now they're home again. People aren't looking to firing in the same spot, so a little less action. Seton Hall, I'm not sure how overrated they are, but even if they're neutral, I kind of like Marquette here. So, undefeated when I'm blessing you so far. What is it, 4-0 when I'm blessing you? or Yeah, 4-0. I'm going to go for five in a row. And, and, and bless this pick. You know, I, I just I, I feel blessed. Well, I, I got to be honest. Psychologically, it has to feel good. Oh, it's just, you know, I, I know I will I sleep get, better tonight. All right, now here's what we do is every week during Marco's best bet, not only do you get a winning pick, what's your record so far in these best bets? Since August when we started football. Since when we started mm-hmm. football, we are 17 and 7. 17 and 7 mm-hmm. for free for free. At pregame.tv. You got it. All right. And on top of that, each week when you do your best bet, we're giving $10 away for any pick you want at pregamepros.com. 10 bucks off, no obligation. What's the coupon? Well, it's All-Star Weekend for the NBA, so the coupon is All-Star 10. All one word, All-Star, and the number 10, and you'll get $10 off. Just put that in at the checkout code when you check out. And if the pick happens to be $10, what's that mean? It means it's free. Free means RJ's not eating. Well, I, I, you know, I could go somewhere there, but unlike somebody else on this show, I'll let that joke pass. <laughs> Except you make a big production about letting it pass. Yeah, you know. I, I'll be eating, just not as exotic. Like, okay. Who are we kidding? <laughs> All right, Marco, you can continue the conversation with he and I in the comments section. And next up, our third video for late in the week, a Sunday game. See you right back. For free real-time odds, lines, and scores, visit pregamelines.com. Penn State at Wisconsin. This is Sunday college basketball. Marco, who do you like and why? I like Penn State in this game, RJ, and this is one of my absolute favorite handicapping scenarios that I'm looking at. What is it? We've got an inflated home favorite. The public will be all over Wisconsin on Sunday, and here's why. This team had a long winning streak. They upset the number one team in the country, Ohio State. Then they went on the road, which we predicted on the show, and lost at Purdue. It was, you know, coming off such a high, we said that they were going to have trouble. The public will say, okay, now they'll buy into that and say, let's dismiss that road loss at Purdue. They're coming back home. It was expected for them to be flat. They're going to bounce back at home. You're going to have another carry. First off, it wasn't expected to be flat. The point you made in the video when you correctly predicted Purdue was that people were not going to properly value the home road dichotomy with Wisconsin, and thus they were going to overvalue them. So once they once they lost doing that, they're going to emotionally react to that, right? They are, but they're just. I think they're going to forgive that loss under the circumstances because the game was on ESPN. In, you know, as you watch the game, you're going to hear the announcers the whole game you know, after the fact as they're losing. They're saying, well, this can't be that you know, unexpected of a loss after such a big win. You know, the announcers like to jump on the bandwagon of however the game's going. 
But now they're back home playing a, a Penn State team in which they already beat on the road. And, you know, I'm, people talk about revenge games all the time and when do you take a team in revenge, when do you don't. You know, here's a spot when you lose on your home floor and then you're a road dog in the second meeting, so many times the home team's going to look past you because, hey, if we could beat you on the so road. So it's not even so much the Penn State's ready to redeem them. I mean, Penn State gets beat twice by teams all the time in a year. It's not so much they're ready to redeem themselves. It's Wisconsin may take them lightly. They, they may take them lightly. And what I also like, and we talk about styles and tempo, Penn State is a team that likes to play a slower tempo like Wisconsin does. This game has the makings, to me, of being in the 60s. All right, so let's talk about a mathematical concept. The lower scoring a game is, the more valuable every point it is for the underdog. Absolutely. So, for example, imagine in baseball where the amount of points, quote, or slash runs scored is 9, 10, or 11. All of a sudden, if you could get a team plus seven runs... You'd be looking pretty good, <laughs> right? Pretty and that's good. an extreme case. Right. But just the difference of a game in the you know, 55-50 range or a game in the 75-70 range is significant, especially when you're getting upwards of double digits. So if we have an overinflated line, we have a team that might be a little bit flat returning home off the loss, and you've got a tempo that shows you that you're going to probably be in the 60s, and we're getting double digits, to me, that's all the makings of a live dog, and that's all I can ask for. All right. Well, here, here comes the crux of the show. Um, I, I know that most people right now are interested. They're on the edge of their seats Am right I now give my in, in anticipation. And Did you want the projected line to help you in your, your, your prediction? All right, guys. All right. We don't have the line for Sunday, but I'm projecting that this game will come out Wisconsin around minus 12. Okay, so that's your not your number, but the bookie number. What I think the Vegas will bring it out at. Okay, now I got bad news. Oh God, I'm not gonna blast this. No, you gonna go the other way? No, no. no. He, here's the reason. I I like what you're saying, except it feels thin, thin, because to me, what I'm hearing, and maybe I've never heard anybody accuse me of feeling <laughs> thin. But go ahead. Here, here's my question. What I'm hearing you say is, Wisconsin had a big win. And thus, they're overrated. So fade them. Mm -hmm. All right? And then I'm hearing you say, well, they're a double-digit favorite at home. They already won a game. They're not going to take it too seriously. It seems to me there's going to be a dozen games on Saturday that fit that. What is different about this game than the dozen other games that you've got a double-digit favorite that won the first game? And by definition... The fact that it's a double-digit favor means it's a pretty good team. Now, yeah, I agree the fact they just had a marquee win against High State might affect things by a half point or a point, but you need two and a half points to get to 55% typically, and I don't see where the two and a half points of value are coming from. I'm not hearing one thing about Penn State being... It sounds like a one-sided play, and it sounds like an old-school wise guy play, and I think that maybe there's... I don't like Penn State. I just don't see the value. Well, Penn State... I think is a little bit under valued. They wow. had a well. They're a team that's fly, you know, flying under the radar. They had they're some not in, good. Well, they played decent early. Then they had some injuries, and they've won their last two games in a row. And you know, so and, if anything, that 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 means the public might be saying, "I got a live dog that's won two in a row." Well, considering the public, I can guarantee you that if you want to go Sunday and check Sportsbook Spy, that. Wisconsin will be 60% or better on the betting. 
If you want to do a side bet on No, that. I'm not. You know, I would tend to agree with you, but I think most double-digit favorites are going to be above 60. I'm guessing if you, if you took the double-digit favorites at home favorites, that, that they're going to be in about the, the, I'm guessing, in the bottom half of the disparity. So let's say that there's 20 of them. I bet 10 of them or more are going to be more lopsided. I also think another reason this is old school and again, I like old school. It's just I, I like that 10% of the new school that says, no, we're not going to play this game in this spot. Is Wisconsin's not a sexy team. Wisconsin, the very reason that we had great value with them against Ohio State is the reason that they're not sexy here. Is they don't score a lot of points. They don't have, you know, they don't have the guys that are twittering stuff out. You know, all the things that get you attention in, in, in 2011. I just don't think that the premiums placed on them, especially off a loss, as much as a Duke that's in a similar spot. If they were in the you're, second... I'm almost talking you out of this. No, no, you're not. If, they, if this was the second game at home for them coming off the loss, I would feel totally different. But because it is the first game, there is going to be that built-in automatic bounce back in, in the public's eye. All right, so I'm going neutral on this one. Okay. All right, so give us your official right, projection. I actually have Wisconsin winning the game. But I have them only winning 68-63. Look for a tight game down to the stretch, and we're going to grab Penn State and the points. All right, so you're going to be back on Tuesday with more videos? We'll have uh, Wednesday and Thursday games for you on Tuesday. All right, your turn to continue the conversation in the comment section with Marco and me. And that's it for this week. And remember, you've got videos from Marco and VR up right now at pregame.tv. See you next week.